Hello, and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, CBS Sports lead NWSL writer, joined today by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL play-by-play, color commentator, and NWSL analyst. How are you doing today, girl? I'm so good. We got more games this weekend. We've had a busy launch week, Sandra, but we're getting to the end of it. But our content doesn't stop. It never <laughs> stops. Attacking third. You can get three episodes a week of this podcast. So just friendly reminder to everybody, we are a tri-weekly podcast, but not this week. Our inaugural week here, we're like coming at you literally every day. We've got two episodes. This here is our third uh, we've got oh, this a, is our fourth. This is our fourth. Oh my this god! Is our fourth. I'm stuck on the third component, but we've got a great <laughs> interview out there with Rose Lavelle. Please take a look at that when you get a chance. It's available uh, wherever you find your podcast, and it's also available as video. So go check that out as well over on our YouTube. Uh, and then we're gonna have uh, another Olympic preview episode to to close out our week. So we came out in this inaugural week strong, Lisa. Uh, but for today, we have got to get through some NWSL previewing. We've got a four game slate taking place this weekend. Uh, Only eight teams going through games. We've got a couple teams out with a bye week Saturday through Sunday, no Friday games. Let's get into it. Racing Louisville and Kansas city. Adios for now. We've got, they are currently, I believe the eight and number 10 team. Right now, I should take a look at the standings that are right in front of my face. Number eight and number 10. Uh, So we're not going to see them until the following week. So kicking things off on Saturday is North Carolina Courage and Houston Dash. Uh, Let's set the table for this one a little bit. We've got number one, North Carolina versus number seven, Houston Dash, which quite frankly is a little bit meaningless right now because if you listen to our previous <laughs> episode, we talked about these standings, Lisa, and there's literally three points separating number one from number seven. It's hilarious. Um, but both these teams coming off of a loss and looking for the bounce back. What are you going to be looking for in this specific matchup, Lisa? Yeah, so Courage and Dash, um, it's the first time they're playing each other in this regular season, and they did not play in the 2021 Challenge Cup, just based on the East and the West division, they were in separate divisions. Um, and this game is at home for North Carolina Courage. So it does give them the advantage. Um, it, I mean, yeah, the standings don't mean much, but North Carolina, they win, they three points, it keeps them at the top. I mean, at least until Sunday, because we know how this league works. Um, and when I take a look at North Carolina, now they're without Abby Ursic. She was the last Olympian to leave this Courage squad. So Kaylee Kurtz, KK, uh, she's going to slide. She's been in that back line, but she is now going to slide into the leadership role for North Carolina in that back line, that center back position. And according to Paul Riley, she's ready. She's ready to take that role from Abby Ursic. She's been learning a lot from her. Um, now it's her chance to shine and see if Kaylee Kurtz can step up and be the leader. Um, I'm pretty sure Diane Caldwell will also slide into that back line alongside Kaylee Kurtz. Um, she's three starts this season, I think like 270 minutes. She's played some time. She's the Irish international signed with North Carolina in January of 2020, one year contract with a one year option. Um, So only one year in the NWSL for Caldwell, but 10 years of professional experience. So three games with NWSL, but I think she'll be fine. She knows what she's doing and she'll slide into that back line, but it's a big role to fill. Um, And then taking a look at North Carolina's front line, Jess McDonald, uh, she 
had the start last week um, alongside Haley Mace. Mace got up there with her um, and we saw Hamilton slide into the midfield position. It didn't really work out for them last week. It did not work out for North Carolina in that sense last week. So I could see Hamilton starting up top alongside Jess McDonald uh, just to give a new look. Meredith Speck maybe slide into that box midfield. Um, not that Haley Meese did bad by any means. She she didn't. She actually had a pretty good game last week. But it doesn't matter if you have individual performance. Um, it's whoever works well with McDonald. And that could be Hamilton. I could see them working really well together. Um, and then it, the midfield four for North Carolina, if the midfield four are winning defensive plays, keeping the ball possessionally in their attack, North Carolina will play better. It's it's their game is truly determined by that midfield four. Um, yeah. and, and a fun fact that I got in like my APTA stat book for this week, North Carolina has never lost to Houston in eight regular season matchups, never lost to them. It's a big um, stat. It's a heavy stat. It's huge. <laughs> that's a huge stat. And that's a lot of pressure on Houston's shoulders. They, they're now going up against this team and both teams coming off of a loss and Houston, if they get this win three points, it ties them with North Carolina at the top of this again, only until Sunday when the rest of the teams play yep. or the other uh, six teams play. Um, but for Houston, if you look at North Carolina's formation and how they line up, they have the box midfield, of course, with their two forwards and their box midfield stays really tight together. They get no more than like 10, 15 yards apart from each other, which makes it really narrow because they slide from one side of the field to the other side of the field, which leaves open the width. A lot of the, the flanks left and right side are hugely open. And for Houston, they love to use the width and they love to use their flanks. So North Carolina is really playing into how Houston wants to play. So if they can do that, um, Houston use the flanks of the field, get into the attack and, and get crosses in, that'll be big for them. And um, Sandra, we mentioned some players to watch with Olympic players gone. And I mentioned Katie Naughton. Yeah. I think that she will be phenomenal this weekend. I think she scored, she scored the own goal against Chicago last weekend. And as a defender, that's really hard. It's really hard to come back from that. And, her head's down, but um, she's a fighter in this league. And I think that her game will be elevated because of the mistakes she made. Um, and then another player for Houston is McAmey Gomera Stevens. I want her to find her rhythm. I'm sure that training for Houston this week wasn't the most positive. They had two own goals last week, but um, I hope that didn't deter a, a rookie in this league in Gomera Stevens. I want her to do well. I want her to get into the attack and get crosses in. I think she's a point for Houston, a bright light that they can use that not a lot of people know her threat. North Carolina doesn't know what Gomera Stevens can do. So if she can utilize that and her un unknown in this league, it'll work for Houston and for her. You know, I'm a little curious. Um, we talked a lot of, we've been talking a lot about the missing players, uh, you know, during this Olympic stretch and the players that we're going to be keeping an eye on uh, who we think need to have, you know, step up a little bit and uh, have an opportunity here in front of them to really showcase who they are and what they bring to their teams. And uh, when you, when we break down and take a real close look at that North Carolina setup with their, you know, four, two, 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 their, their box midfield, is Houston going to really be able to utilize some of that space on, on, on the wings? I mean, if they're missing players like a Nichelle Prince, you know, like a Rachel, Day, I mean, really like an, an Alicia Chapman, 
their outside back who's who's off with Canada right now for the Olympics. Uh, there's a lot of question marks there for me. And I, I do wonder if maybe there's a possibility that this match could come down to the midfield. Maybe we might see like a really clogged middle third. I'm just thinking about Houston's previous match, you know, against the Chicago, we saw that that goal come on a very direct sort of counter. I'm just a little curious to see how these uh, how these two teams match up against each other, especially coming off of the losses uh, that they came off of. Uh, I'm going to probably be looking at somebody, uh, two players really for Houston, if, if they get the starts, you know, in, in Gabby Seiler or mm-hmm. Emily Ogle. You know, these are two players that they targeted in the offseason, really one of Houston's first sort of bigger offseason moves. And um maybe kind of signaled like a bit of, um, I don't want to say uh, seriousness, not that anybody after that 2020 Challenge Cup championship was taking Houston any less seriously, but it showed maybe like a commitment, a real commitment mm-hmm. to try to continue to grow the depth of this squad, this particular Houston Dash squad, as they sort of continue this transition to this new Houston Dash era. And uh, those two particular players, I think going up against this team in North Carolina with the missing pieces that the courage are going to be missing uh, is, is going to be a real interesting, like one V one battles that we're taking a look there in that midfield. So I'm, I'm excited for this one. I, I like that. It's the only one slated for Saturday. It's going to have a lot of attention on it being the only game on Saturday, number one versus number seven, where there's three points just separating all of these teams. Um, so hopefully we get a, we get a good one in this. I'm, one because- I'm, I'm excited for this one too. And it's the only one on Saturday. So no one can complain. They have to yeah. watch <laughs> your, your attention. If you're into, if you're casual and you're into watching all the NWSL games, this is the only one you've got. On, Here it is. Saturday. Here it is. For um, you. Sandra, I want to give lines for this game. Some William Hill betting lines. Um, William Hill has North Carolina favored. So North Carolina to win is minus 160. Houston to win plus 350 and the draw plus 275. So looking at that, looking at what we know, do you have a prediction? Do you have a final game prediction for this one? Man, let me tell you, it's so tough when you're looking at those lines and then, you know, looking at just everything that you watch in this league, it's tough. This is a tough league to really take a look at and follow lines because it's, we know it's any given Sunday, it's anything can come out and and pick up a win. If if it comes down to how I'm thinking where it might be a little bit of a clog middle third, I think there's a possibility this could be a narrow draw, but I might give the edge to the courage and the home field advantage on their side and lack of travel and the extra day of rest and everything. Um, so if you're looking for a winner, I'll go with, with courage. Uh, but I won't be surprised if it ends up in a draw. I, I feel you on that one. I'm giving the edge to North Carolina as well. The, I think Houston is a little bit in their heads this week after their match last week. It's hard to shake that off. And in just a few days time, it's tricky to do. I'm giving one nil North Carolina, but we'll see. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. We're rolling into a triple header for Sunday, Lisa. We've got three games slated for Sunday. And the first one that's going to kick things off here is going to be Washington Spirit versus New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Another game that I'm really excited about. We've got number four versus number six. When we get those middle teams sort of going off against each other, uh, it could be a real, real treat. And I'm excited for this one. Uh, I, I know these are two teams, not just for my myself or for yourself, but for a lot of our, our fellow colleagues, a lot of other pundits out there. 
uh, sort of looking at these two teams at the start of 2021 as kind of those dark horse uh, teams. We heard these two teams in particular a lot when people are like, who do you think is going to be like a newer team that's going to maybe uh, you know, make some noise, a team that perhaps hasn't typically been in sort of the top three or top four of NWSL uh, league standings. And uh, if they're going to maybe make that leap right into sort of a, a constant competitor. And these are two teams that we heard about a lot. And in these early weeks, in this early third of the season, uh, they're giving us a lot of things to take a look at. And now they're going to be going uh, head to head for their regular season fixture. Spirit are hosting. Gotham FC, I'm not too sure if uh, you think maybe that's going to have a little bit of uh, advantage for them. Lisa, what are you going to be paying attention to when these two teams go head to head? Oh, some fun facts first for you, Sandra. 23rd regular season meetings between these two. This will be the 23rd. Um, Washington is unbeaten in these last 10 meetings. Um, eight wins, two draws against Gotham in the last 10 that's a pretty heavy stat too. I mean, the, the history of this, now we have to remember last year was weird. It doesn't count in uh, these standings. And when we talk about the regular season, 2020 is not involved in any of these. Um, but Gotham this year, their defensive beast, three goals against in the first eight matches for this regular season. Um, defense is tough. They're really, really hard to break down. However, we saw with Washington last week that Offense is is good for them. If they can play their game and they're patient on the ball, pass it around, wait to find the open player, and then knock it far side, weak side, they can get in behind. Um, Ashley Hatch scored a brace last week, so I think teams will be uh, keyed in on her. So she'll need to be different in her play, more creative. Um, I can assure you that Gotham has watched film and they watched how Ashley Hatch scored those two goals last week, and they're not going to let her do it again. She will not be unmarked inside the box, especially at the top of the six yard box that will not happen against this Gotham defense. Um, so it'll be trickier for, for, excuse me, Washington to get more goals. Um, I think it's up to Sanchez and, and Rodman up top, in addition to hatch to how they can be creative and break down Gotham's back line. Um, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be a long drawn out not long and drawn out but the goal scoring won't happen until the end of the game um it'll take a while for washington to unlock the hinges and and loosen up gotham's defensive shape um and then for washington they have to watch the quick counter gotham is known for that they'll get the ball quickly and they'll go hard and fast down the opposite side of the field and if they can if gotham can pull out of shape the midfield unit for Washington. So Andy Sullivan will sit back and she'll hold that defensive shape in that sixth position. But um, if Tori Huster can wiggle out Dorian Bailey, get forward in their attack, Gotham win the ball, it is going to be a quick counter. Um, last week for Gotham, Capri Stadasco did not get the start. Uh, we'll see if she slides back into that back line, but they have Didi Harris each in goal, Gotham. Um, a, a lot of good things there. And so Dan Lee, she is finding her way forwards towards the the end of the first half and throughout the second half of last week's game for Gotham, Lee was finding her stride and, and understanding where the holes are for the team. So I hope she can unlock the, that a little bit sooner against Washington this week. Um, but this is going to be a good one. I'm excited for this. Similarly styled playing teams, uh, Gotham and Washington. So the breakdown of this team is going to be between the ears it'll be a mental game for these players for sure I'm uh, interested to see if you know we're going to see Gotham line up in 
that sort of four one four one again. Mm-hmm. Um, curious if they're going to change that up against a team like the Spirit, who are coming off of a pretty braggadocious win. I think. I think they should yeah. be feeling, they should be feeling high on themselves, getting that two zero win over North Carolina. Um, I'm going to probably. I mean, I think I'm going to probably be keeping an eye on on individual battles. In this one, I'm I'm really curious to see. You know, Ali Long versus Andy Sullivan. I think that'll be a really interesting one. I'm also really eager to see similar battle maybe between, you know, Bailey and, and Zerboni. We saw McCall Zerboni get some extended time for, for Gotham uh, last week. I think she went about 70 minutes or so. And, uh, you know, she's been dealing with some some lingering inju- uh, injury issues and she's been working her way back uh, throughout 2021. So uh, it'll it'll be a, it'll be a good one. I mean, there there's there's a lot of footage there on uh, Ashley yeah. Hatch for them to take a look at. But I mean, that's a, these are going to be two different top lines more or less that I'm eager to see how they're going to try to break down the other, whether it's like a sort of an attacking trio and, and Ashley Sanchez and Hatch and, and Trinity Rodman. And what we're seeing on the other side with, with Kawasumi and mm-hmm. image purse and Anamanu. So I think it might come down, uh, might come down to tactics. So we, we might get to see some, or, or it might, or it might be another goalkeeper battle, honestly, with, with Bledsoe and, and Harajit. So um, exciting. I'm glad this one is kicking off the, the triple header for, for Sunday. Uh, I'm curious, Lisa, what are, uh, what are the lines on this one? Yeah. So Washington to win plus 125, Gotham to win plus 180, hmm. draw plus 235. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Feels right. Feels right. If you were a gambling woman, where would you where would you be on this one, Lisa? Oh well, uh, I don't know. So I, I make my prediction, and then I look at these lines, and I have to remind myself anything can happen. I I think I'm giving this win to Gotham. They yeah. haven't given up a lot of goals. Yeah. And I think that Washington being high, they have a lot of confidence. They're high off that win last week. Um. I don't know. Washington's a young team. They have young forwards, um, Hatch and Rodman, the Sanchez, even that I don't think that they're going to be able to stand up to Gotham's defense. I don't think they're going to get one in. What about you? You think Washington's scoring goals? I think maybe they're going to, I think they might sneak one in. I think they might, I think this one might be narrow because Gotham is stingy on that defense. Uh, and I'm into that huge, huge fan of defense here. Uh, but I think they could possibly squeak one in. I really, really do. I think uh, it might be a heartbreaker. It might be a heartbreaker. It might be later ah. in the game, actually. I think it might be a real first half of kind of trying to unlock and figure each other out. Yeah. And then get that get that second half going. So if uh, you can do no first half goals and you're looking to bet, I would do that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right on. Let's look ahead to the uh, this middle matchup of uh, of the triple header. We've got Chicago Red Stars and OL Rain number five. And number nine going head to head. Interesting uh, matchup here. Last last time these two teams met, it was a uh, in a bit of a midweek battle. All Rain is, has been uh, going through some things uh, on their side, figuring out uh, how to get some into the win column per se, and uh, they picked up a win that midweek win against Chicago Red Stars. It was a two two zero win, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe kind of propelled the Red Stars on a bit of a, a losing streak there. Well, had to ask uh, ask themselves some questions, and they turned around, and they've uh, got themselves a, a small winning streak of of their own going, 
uh, with a little help from Olgo. Uh, so I think this is another one of those uh, maybe not so so narrow battles when you're looking at the uh, the standings with a number five and a number nine. But uh, I gotta say the two the two teams going into this match and the names on both sides of this pitch uh, could could present a real fun battle in this one, I think. So this is the point in the season for Chicago where they turn on their Jets. They've slowly been turning them on. No goals scored, but they've had a couple wins. And this is the point in the season where Chicago um, establishes themselves in the league and says, this is who we are. We've been doing this the whole time. Other teams have just gotten luckier over us. And now is when Rory Danes and his crew enforces his game on his opponents. Now, however, O.L. Reign is a very tall giant to face. Bethany Balser is really finding her strides. Yara King is finding more time on the ball, and she's becoming more and more dangerous. And this is the third meeting this year, second in regular season play for these two teams. And O.L. Reign, um, four of their seven goals have been scored in the first 15 minutes during this regular season. Um, and as we know, Chicago's last three goals in two matches were own goals. Yep. So O.L. Reign knows how to score. I'm not saying that Chicago doesn't know how to score, but Chicago has not proven to be a scoring threat so far this year. Whereas O.L. Reign, they have. Um, Chicago is usually pretty good the first five, 10 minutes of a match. They're locked in, they're focused. Uh, but if O.L. Reign can get on the front foot and get a goal first, I think it'll look like a different game. Um, it, it all comes down to who scores first in this game. I believe it'll either inflate the other, their opponents and, and light a fire under them, or it'll truly deflate them. Um, depending on how, how they roll the dice for this one. It's, it's a tight one. I'm going to give you lines first before we give our predictions for this one, Chicago to win plus one fifteen, OL rain to win plus two Oh five and a draw plus 225. Wow. Sandra, what are you thinking? Yeah. Oh man. You know what? I am. (laughs) I, I had a couple different thoughts because we had an interesting development happen very, very recently. Um, because Buadi, I picked up this red card in their previous win and the disciplinary committee has taken a look at that and it's been rescinded. So I don't know. Um, I still think it was a questionable decision uh, by the keeper. And I don't know if uh, you roll with the dice and you still give her that start. I feel like you don't bring in these types of players overseas and um, not give them them. and not play them and not give them the start, especially when it's a short term loan. So so we'll see. Um, But. Seeing what we saw from all rain and sort of seeing this performance and as veteran as a veteran Sarah Budati is, I'm going to say that Chicago might play that to their advantage because I think that this particular goalkeeper has been uh, struggling a little bit uh, to get adjusted to this league. And uh, if Mal Pugh and Kalia Watt can go ahead and uh, utilize some of uh, that goalkeeper's positioning to their advantage that they can maybe sneak one in. So I'm actually going to go with Chicago on this one, despite the lines. I'm going to go Chicago too. I am. 
I'm going Chicago, but narrow one nil. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a banger <laughs> by any by any means. Jess Fishlock uh, has phenomenal games against the Red Stars. Uh, so I think it's going to be another one of those uh, midfield battles to watch. I'm definitely, if for people who like to take a look at individual battles, I think you're going to want to take a look at something like a Morgan Gatra versus uh, Jess Fishlock in, in this one. I think it could be a real, real treat. Um, so it, you're going to, you know, for folks out there who are looking to keep their eye on certain games, you know, we've got Washington Spirit and Gotham and now Chicago Red Stars and all rain. They, they got a kickoff time about an hour apart. So there's some overlapping there with this match. Uh, so folks might have to pick and choose if, if they want to maybe keep their, their focus on one. Uh, but as we roll into this final game. I would just say, if you're, if you're looking to pick and choose, watch the first 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes of Chicago LL Reign. It'll tell you everything you need to know. It'll tell you everything. <laughs> It'll tell you everything you need to know about the game. I like that. Good advice. Uh, but people might not have to necessarily uh, pick or choose for this third and final game because it's got a late kickoff. We've got NWSL after dark action happening with this one. It's a real true NWSL after dark. It's got a 10.30 p.m. Eastern uh, kickoff time. Portland Thorns versus Orlando Pride. And I got to say, uh, there's always a lot of fun things, uh, curious things, chaotic things that happen in these matches. And it really is. I, I got to really put my stamp on it, Lisa. It is truly only NWS After Dark. If there's a kickoff time at an Eastern Central time, that is at least 8 to 8.30. If you're talking these games that I start at 6 o'clock and they end up going until 9 o'clock, that doesn't count, guys. I'm putting my stamp on it. No, I'm putting my foot down. Doesn't. Stop Stop painting a wide spectrum and for for after dark action i know we love nwsl after dark but you can't make it an nwsl after dark game if it's not yeah (laughs) this one no it is stop trying to make fetch happen it's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) portland thorns and orlando pride number three versus number two really kind of like a 1v1 because it's a, a 16 point uh three-way tie right now at this top of the table with with the Courage, Pride, and Thorns all splitting the points right now at 16 points apiece. So watching Portland Thorns versus Orlando Pride all on their own at this very late night kind of battle. I think there's going to be a lot of eyes on this match. Uh, It's going to be an interesting one because it's not, again, it's going to be this type of game, this type of uh, big like heavyweight battle between two teams during this Olympic portion uh, of the season. So there's going to be a real uh, depth of display uh, in this match. We've got a Portland Thorns side, which, you know, who quite frankly, I believe is probably the deepest team in the league. They're a team that uh, all the teams in this league talk about how they have such a deep roster and such a deep squad. And that's great. Everyone is going to say that about their team. But when Portland tells me that, I believe them uh, because of just what we've been seeing and just what we've, we've been watching uh, versus uh, an Orlando Pride team that is also going to have to be showing off some depth of their own. Um, but coming off of one, both of these teams are coming off of narrow draws, you know, uh, Orlando going against Gotham with a scoreless draw or excuse me, Portland going against, against Gotham in the scoreless draw, and then Orlando going against Racing Louisville with a, with a 1-1 draw. Uh, one a little bit more dramatic than the other. Uh, but watching those two particular teams in their prior week's performance, I think there's a little bit of uh, advantage, I think, that we can play here when we're looking at the attacking lines and the offense uh, in these games, Lisa. I think what we saw out of Portland especially from, from players like Morgan Weaver, right? Simone Charlie, watching what they were doing on the pitch, putting up the numbers that they were putting, I think 
Morgan Weaver last week had something like five chances or five shots created with like two or three on target, a couple chances created really solid game. Just they, this team just was unable to to get on the score sheet that day. And you just got to wonder if maybe this is going to be the week where all of these forwards, these second, third year sort of super rookie forwards get their breakthrough in this type of match. What are you going to be keeping an eye on here? Yes, the offense for Portland. That's what I'm watching. Um, you mentioned Morgan Weaver getting those shots against Gotham last week. Zero-zero uh, draw against Gotham for Portland. Portland had 22 shots. 22 shots. Gotham did not keep a shutout easily. It, it was a tough one. And their defense, I mean, we talked about it in the recap. Defense did an incredible job. But that just shows the firepower that Portland has in this league and the depth that they actually have. Like you said, a lot of teams say it, but when Portland says it and then they put up 22 shots with a player like Morgan Weaver and Simone Charlie up top who can apply so much pressure in the attack, it it proves a little bit differently. Um, Giving you some stats and some fun facts on these two teams. um, They've met 12 times in the regular season and in the playoffs. And Portland has scored two or more goals in nine of those 12 meetings. So that's pretty impressive. It's not just a one goal win. It's two. They're they're getting two over their opponents um, against Orlando Pride, which is pretty good. Um, Six shutouts for Portland, clean sheets, six of them through their first nine regular season games. If they get another shutout, the seventh shutout in 10 games, it'll be the first NWSL team to ever do that. So that's fun. I mean, something to look forward to for Portland fans. Um, But this is going to be a midfield battle for sure. When you look at Portland's midfield, they have Angela Salem, Rocky Rodriguez, and players that know how to play well together, can score together, can contribute into the attack. And then for Orlando, it's Maggie Doherty Howard, Gunny Jansdotter. Um, those players are are finding their rhythm together. And when you look at a team like Orlando, um, they've been without Alex Morgan now for a few games, and they've figured it out. Uh, they've realized that Sydney LaRue, she does not quit. She will play 95 minutes. She will play 100 minutes. She will play 130. Yeah. She will play until she gets a goal, until she yeah. is truly exhausted and she collapses on the field. Um, that being said, there are other players that need to step up around Sydney LaRue. I think putting Taylor Korniak in a 10 position, dropping her deeper into the midfield under Sydney LaRue will do wonders for the Orlando pride. Um, Taylor Korniak played center attacking mid throughout her college career. And when long balls come into her, she can easily flick them on and, for Sydney LaRue, that sounds like a dream. If she can just run <laughs> onto balls in behind the back line, especially against a Portland team, that sounds like a dream for her. Um, but looking to switch the field of play and having Sid on the weak side, getting in behind, that'll work for Orlando. But like you said, Portland has a really nice, strong attack and they're playing in Portland, which gives the Thorns the advantage. It does that that field is insane it's insane to play in um so i'll give you great, line. Uh, it's a great environment great, yeah. great atmosphere uh it's gonna be one to look at for sure what, what are the lines lisa sure is so lines for this one portland to win negative 130 Oof. minus 130 Oof. orlando to win plus 300 Oof. <laughs> a draw plus 225 i don't know lisa that's disrespectful yeah. i'm gonna say that those lines 
are disrespectful. If I'm Portland and I see those lines, I'm saying, okay, bet on this. And I'm yeah. coming out and, and man, doing some things. I, I, I get it. I mean, maybe some of the, uh, maybe they're looking at some of the individual sets. I mean, we're talking about Sydney LaRue, five goals, nine games, right? Nice number, nice stat. Um, and maybe, maybe they're looking at that Portland side and saying, hey, you're missing so many of your key players and, and key stars, like five or six of your starting 11. And uh, maybe that's where some of these, these lines are coming into, but uh, man, that is a huge, huge, huge grain cap. of salt. Take it with the grain of salt. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> be careful on this one. I think if you're, if you're a casual or, or maybe not uh, someone who really watches and we saw and you look at a line like that, you're like, well, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. go with it. But it's, a, it's a line that can actually maybe kind of come back and bite you uh, for sure. I don't know. I'm, I'm giving the, I'm giving the advantage to Portland here. I think Portland's going to pick up this win. I think you're taking a look at these two games and uh, taking a look at Orlando who did a lot of running, they did a lot of running. They did a lot of chasing during that racing Louisville game. And uh, they're going to be on the road and they're going to be playing in a place like Providence park. It's not going to be easy. Turf's not going to be easy. Uh, especially if it's a hot one, you know, on this day, maybe that's maybe the fact that it's going to be kicking off at evening is going to help them out a little bit. Um, but even with those lines, I'm, I'm still giving the advantage to Portland here. I think I think uh, I think their attackers are going to get uh, get through in the final third. And quite frankly, I just think that their midfield is, is going to be better on this day. I think you look at that midfield and you, you look at a Rocky Rodriguez, you look at Angela Salem, veteran of this league. And I think that they're going up against uh, some question marks in the midfield for, for Orlando Pride. And I think Portland take this one for sure. Sandra, when I first look at the schedule for this weekend, when we're before we were doing this podcast, um, I just look at the teams in the matchup and I I pick a score line just for fun. Nothing, nothing educated about it. I just pick a score line based on the games I've watched and the knowledge that's already in my brain. When I started, when I first looked at this one, I was like, oh, Orlando's gonna win. I'm gonna give him a goal on one nothing over Portland. It'll be funny. Like, I don't know, we'll see. That's just my initial gut reaction. Then I did my research and I, I remembered Portland's last game um, and I, re I realized they're playing at home and my uneducated guests became very uneducated as I educated myself and actually thought about this game. I give it to Portland. I think Orlando's going to score. I do. I think it'll be 2-1, um, but I Portland's going to they're going to win. They're going to take this one home um, or keep it home rather because they're playing at home, which is huge advantage in this league to be playing as a Portland Thorns team in their home arena and their home in front of their home fans. For sure. I, um, I don't think after this weekend, uh, the standings are going to be as narrow as, as they are. I mean, I think there might be a, a small shakeup in them, um, but probably nothing too, too drastic. Uh, let's take a look at these standings before we, uh, head out on this episode. Uh, we've got a three-way tie with 16 points. We've got number one, number two, number three, North Carolina Courage, Orlando Pride, and Portland Thorns. We've got the middle of the table with number four, number five, number six, uh, with Washington Spirit with 15 points, Chicago Red Stars with 14 points, and Gotham FC with 13 points, seven, eight, nine, and 10, starting with Houston Dash, 13 points, Racing Louisville with 11 points, Oil Rain with 10 points, and Kansas City NWSL with uh, three points. 
it's going to be interesting. We'll see where these uh, where these standings shake out at the at the uh, at the end of these games. Only four games again by week for uh, for Kansas City and racing. So they're going to have to wait to have their say uh, in the standings. Lucky for them, they they don't get a chance at three points. However, it's a bye week, more training, more practices. Uh, they'll be less tired for their next weekend's game. It's really an advantage, I think, for Casey and Louisville. I think so too. I think uh, Casey can maybe use a little bit of a break uh, right now for for the league, and hopefully when they come back, uh, maybe they they get that first one, and maybe they send uh, some shockwaves uh, in the league there. But thanks everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed uh, this preview of uh, this weekend's games. I just want to give you all a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're uh, also available as video. So subscribe to us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And uh, we'll be back Saturday with an Olympic preview episode for Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman. This was attacking third. Thanks.